I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Trampoline Hall podcast. I'm your host, Misha Globerman. Trampoline Hall is a lecture series that takes place in a bar, uh, usually in Toronto, but sometimes in other cities. Lectures speak on all kinds of topics. Some are really serious, some are ridiculous. It's all kinds of things, but the one rule is that they cannot speak on subjects on which they are professionally expert. Uh, that is what sets us apart in the highly competitive barroom lecture industry uh, that exists in Toronto. After each lecture, we take questions from the audience. Uh, the Q&A is sometimes longer than the lecture itself. Trampoline Hall was invented by my good friend Sheila Hetty. She's a very talented writer uh, who wrote, among other things, the book uh, How Should a Person Be? And she created Trampoline Hall, I, th I think, just because she's really curious about people. Sheila just, like, she meets people and she becomes fascinated by them. And at this point in her life, uh, years ago, she would just meet so many people and become so fascinated by, by so many of them that it actually became a problem in her life because she sort of would draw them all toward her and then she would discover there were more people around her than a person could, could realistically um, be friends with. So, so in one version of, I think, what happened is that she invented Trampoline Hall as a solution to that problem. So when, when she met someone who fascinated her, she could just put them up on stage and, and, and show them to the world and say, look at this amazing, fascinating person. Uh, and she did that for many years uh, until eventually it became too much, I think, even for her uh, to, to find so many people on her own. And so now the way that it works is it's kind of evolved over the years. And now Sheila Eddy has been replaced by a community of people. And, and there's a, a bunch of people and, and, and in any given month, um, one person goes and they choose three people uh, who they think will be amazing. Uh, and, and amazing means a lot of different things in the show. Sometimes they're really accomplished people. Sometimes it's just like a friend of someone's mom who's totally interesting. It can just be like kind of all, all sorts of people. But today's lecture comes from a show organized by Angela Shackle and Braden Labonte. Uh, the topic is demons, so there is some swearing, and I think there's an even more than usual level of adult themes. The lecturer is Mark Mann. <laughs> My, my first interactions with uh, demons um, didn't actually take the form of a, a full possession scenario. Um, it started when I was uh, 14, and I actually heard them uh, before I ever saw them. Uh, they, they used to uh, come into my uh, bedroom uh, at night, and I was going to bed, and maybe... 20 or 30 of them, and they would all um, kind of say my name uh, over and over and over again, uh, which sounds like it might be kind of stupid or something, uh, just like saying a name over and over again, like Mark, 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 you know, it's not 
it's dumb, kind of, but it's, it's really creepy uh, when they're whispering it, and there's, like, a whole bunch of them, you know? Uh, so it's more like, Mark, 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 Mark. You know, it fucks you up a little bit. Um, so that was the beginning, and then I, would, then I started to see them, uh, and they... They had pale faces and, and kind of hairless uh, heads and, and, th- and thin lips and, and, and dark, cold, cold, dark eyes. And, and they, they used to, um, they wanted to look me in the eyes. That was the thing. So, like, I'd be in bed and then they'd be, like, trying to, like, trying to get in my face and, and try to make eye contact with me. And uh, I really didn't want them to do that. So we had this struggle... Because if they did look me in the eyes, and that was the moment when they would enter my body, and then I would be possessed by the demon. So I was always kind of like, ah, don't, don't look at me. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I should, I mean, I, and I, I should clarify that I didn't see the demons as vividly or concretely as I can, well, sort of see you. Um, and so that's, some people do see demons that clearly, and that's, a different story than this one. So I saw the demons um, in my mind's eye, which might mean that I'm making this shit up. Uh, and, but I didn't, I'm, I'm, I wasn't, but I'm just saying that that's, that's conceivable because this was happening in my head, essentially. And, uh, and it's kind of the question that I kind of brought to this, night or that I'm bringing now is, is were the demons real or not and uh, you know and the, the way that the demons entered my mind I mean they were thoughts but I, did, I didn't feel like I was creating these thoughts felt more like they were I had no control over them and they were you know coming into my mind and I couldn't make them go away and I didn't feel like I was creating them so you know they did feel kind of external to me in a way and they were very um, you know really clear uh, you know images and I also had another really good reason uh, to believe in demons, which is that all of the intelligent adult humans in my life also believed in demons. Um, Maybe not as kind of explicitly or with as much sort of, you know, frustrating experience as I did, but they, they, you know, they were were part of that belief system. And uh, the reason is that when I was 12 years old, a little bit of backstory, my family moved from... um, Prince Edward Island uh, to West Virginia, which is like the like rotten liver of the Bible Belt, basically. And uh, we moved into uh, uh, what was essentially an abandoned golf resort in the Allegheny Mountains. Um, so it was kind of like the shining needs deliverance, you know? And um, whereas PEI, like, I mean, Anne of Green Gables is, is, is basically a documentary. Like, it's really, it's really nice there, you know. It's very pleasant. Um, so it was a bit of a shock, a bit of an adjustment. And um, I sort of instantly became extremely religious. Uh, and we, my family started attending an evangelical, fundamentalist, Calvinist megachurch. Uh, you might have heard of them. And... Uh, um, and I, and I, you know, I, I became an active uh, member of the uh, Bible quiz team and memorized vast tracts of the New Testament. I was uh, entered into preaching competitions and uh, 
I was a missionary at different times. I mean, I, I was really um, uh, urgently uh, uh, pious, I guess. Um, and uh, <clears throat> the uh, the thing about that, the important thing about that is that in that system, uh, life is construed as a, uh, basically a staging ground for a choice that you make between good and evil. Um, and so it's really important to make the right choice in the right way uh, because otherwise you might go to hell. And uh, hell is when you fall uh, eternally through uh, flame. But the, flames, the flame doesn't emit any light, so you don't get that. It's pitch black flame, and then and you're covered in worms, and the worms bite you. Um, so it, it's terrible. You know? um, so I don't know. You know, I mean, like, it, well, I wasn't. I, I was. I was seeing demons at night, but I mean, that was pretty normal in a way. You know, like it made it made a lot of sense to me. Um, and and I, I ultimately was able to deal with the demons at that time. Uh, because I, I, I figured out that I, ha- I did actually have to look them in the eye. I had to, to kind of bite the bullet and look back and make eye contact with the demons. And when I did, they, like, turned into rabbits and, like, it was fine. <laughs> so that's the answer in that situation if, you're, if you ever find yourself in it. Um, so that was the end of that particular um, bit of demon trouble. But I, I ended up having a lot more demon trouble subsequently uh, over the next 10, 15 years. I just kept having demon situations come up. Like I, I, uh, you know, I would wake up in the middle of the night and there would be a demon in the room and I would have to call my dad and I'd be like, Dad, there's a demon in the room and it was an awkward conversation. And then, uh, you know, I would look at somebody and uh, they would, uh, there would be a demon like hiding, looking out at me from behind their eyes and only I could see it. And one time I actually got a blowjob from a demon. I, uh, <laughs> sounds a little crazy, but I, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was getting my dick sucked. And I realized that it was a demon. And uh, that sounds nuts. But it is pretty nuts, okay? It actually was nuts. And, uh, I, it's, but it's a real thing. They're called succubuses. And anyway, I was like... Uh, the thing was that I, I had this condi- like, thing where I would... And it's a, your mind wakes up, but your body doesn't wake up, so you're kind of like, you're awake, but you can't do anything, and then there's demons like going down on me. And it's like, anyway, and I was able to kind of shake myself out of it. So, I don't know, lots of stuff like that. And then um, uh, at one point, somebody that I used to know sent me a book in the mail, and the book was uh, What to Do When You're Possessed by a Demon. Like, there was just too much stuff. And I, and I, and I kind of developed, like, with all these kind of secret experiences, uh, like, a kind of belief uh, that I had what, had this problem. Ultimately, it did kind of, it did evolve into a full possession scenario about six or seven years ago, something like that. And, and so, but in, in order to tell that, I just needed a bit more context. So I, um, so I wasn't only having demon troubles through this time, I was having other kinds of troubles. As I was getting ready for tonight, I actually did about four years of intensive uh, psychotherapy. Uh, so at this point, this, it's a little bit of a therapy story. So uh, if you don't like that, then you won't like this. But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you're okay with it because that's where we're going. Um, yeah, so I was having different kinds of you know, sadness troubles and you know, I don't know, fear troubles and, and things alongside that. And so eventually I, uh, I had to embark on this kind of healing journey. Over the course of this journey that I was on, I uh, discovered a text, and it had on it a, a description. 
The description was a, a type of person. And the type of person, it was really good. It had been written by psych, psych people, and, then, and I really liked it. It was really fit me. I was like, I'm a Gemini, but this was better than that. You know, it was, it was, it was a good one, I felt. And, and one of the things on it was that uh, people like me, we really like weed. Uh, we, we fucking love pot so much. And that was true for me. I was smoking so much weed, like I was crazy about it. Uh, you know, smoke it every day, you know, like for like a decade or something. And, and uh, the reason that, that I like weed so much, uh, and there's this really beautiful word, and it's uh, egocentonic. So it like weed was, would, would like kind of confirm the mental state that I liked the most, which was like a kind of detached kind of like you're like not really part of the world but you're like you can you're seeing it and it's kind of funny to you and like you have like a special like vantage on it and 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 i don't know and and weed would kind of uh make that like really secure and and kind of nice um your own kind of special place with which to perceive uh what other people were doing and so but unfortunately and maybe predictably i was possessed by a weed demon <laughs> uh, and the sad part about that is that it was such a cliche pot demon. Like, it totally, like, it totally looked like if a pothead made a drawing of a person made out of pot. Like, it was, like, lumpy and, like, you know, weedy and green. Um... <laughs> I mean, it definitely wasn't the worst demon I ever saw. Like, there were, like, way worse ones. Uh, this one was only, like, it just kind of smiled a lot. Like, a little bit of a shit-eating grin, you know? Like, but, like, more or less just kind of there to smile at you. And it just got to be the case that I, uh, um, I just kind of couldn't get him out of my head and whatever. I mean, I wasn't tortured by it exactly, but it was just kind of, like, had this, like, fuck, you know? I got this weed demon. Ah, so, so then I got into therapy. One of the first things that I kind of proposed, I asked my therapist, I was like, I'm pretty sure that I have this demon possession problems. Like, what do you think? You know, like, is this, <laughs> is this actually going on? Because it feels like it is. And she was, she was like, no, like, I don't, really don't think so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it was basically like the only firm opinion she ever had, you know, like, uh, uh, but it was, like, also, like, the only thing I didn't believe her about, you know? Like, <laughs> so, like, so, it was, like, for, like, a year, like, I would, I was, you know, bringing, I would bring it up every now and then, and she'd be like, no, there's no demons. And I'd be like, yeah, there's, a, there's a demon, you know? Like, uh, so, but anyway, so I ended up, I stopped smoking pot, unfortunately, or whatever, fortunately for me in the end. And I, so I, 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 uh, I no longer did that, and then, and then that, that kind of just, like, very practically took care of the weed demon. Uh, uh, so, like, you know, like, he was there a while, and then, and then he actually, like, this is going to sound stupid, but he climbed a tree at the back of the field, and I could, like, he was, like, back there, but kind of far away, still smiling at me from up in this tree. 
Um, and then now I think he's just way back in the forest. Um, so yeah, I mean, so then I guess the, coming to the question of uh, are demons real? I don't have a, a, an answer to that, but I do have a theory. I think that if, you, if one were to have like feelings or thoughts or fears or things that like you couldn't really think about and you didn't really understand, you couldn't, didn't really identify with, then it stands to reason that it would feel like it was coming from outside of your mind, you know, like, because for whatever reason, you didn't know what to make of them, or you couldn't relate to them, or whatever. So then it would, then I think one would make up a rationalization for, like, why this thing exists. And I think that if you also, you know, believe that life was a, was a cosmic, you know, clash between good and evil, uh, then it would be very easy to start to um, experience those things as demons. So I guess my message is, uh, you know, if you think that you're possessed by a demon, you might not be. Mark <laughs> Mann, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Trampoline Hall Podcast. I'm Misha Boberman. Up next, the Q&A. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Are there any questions? Yes, on the back. Yes, back you. You. Uh, have, have the demons made you a better person? Have the demons made you a better person? No, I don't think so. I, I, uh, I think at this point I'm not really as scared of demons that I might otherwise be. I think so, maybe there's a level of like, I might not be as scared of demonic people. Does that sound, does that make sense? I mean yeah. like demonized people, I think. Sure, sure. Uh, so you, so, when, so things are, or ideas or phenomena that are demonized, you're like, ah. It's probably it's not, not so bad. bad. Yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Okay, so that helps. Are there, way, are there ways in which it made you like a, a worse person? Like, do you feel like you... Or not, not worse, but like are there ways where it's like, like did it interfere with your life? It wasn't sort of clear to me from the story. Like did it make it hard for you to function in ways, these experiences with demons? Or is it just kind of like, ah, you're just going through your life and once in a while this happens? I think it was just like shitty for me mainly. You know right. what I mean? Like uh, b- being really scared or, you know, like this was real for me. But it also like I, it wasn't like my whole life or something. You know what I mean? Like, That's sort of part of what I was trying to get was like how much yeah. of your life was this? Like was this like a little No, it was like a weird like, phenomenon for me that yeah. would like uh, that I was just kind of having, you know, with some frequency. But I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't really talk about it necessarily because it doesn't really make sense. Right. Okay. Anything else? Any other questions? Y'all? Yes, all the way in the back. Yes. Um, what was it like getting a blowjob from a demon? What was it like getting a blowjob from a demon? Oh, come on. Give me a break. 
what, I don't know what you're asking. <laughs> I don't know what you want from this. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to satisfy that. <laughs> Usually, usually when people ask this sort of like challenging questions, I'm like, oh, go ahead, but I think I'll go with your, I'm on your side on this one. I think that's a, that's a personal issue between you and your demon. Yeah, you guys too, yeah. Can you talk more about the preaching competition? Just tell us about these preaching, yeah, I heard the phrase preaching competition too, and I was a little like, huh. Oh yeah, really? Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah sure. Well, the better it was the Bible quiz team, I mean, we... We had, like, buzzers, and we traveled around, like, state to state, and, like, we memorized and, like, beeped in, like, game show style. Um, that was pretty good. But then, uh, yeah, the preaching competitions, the big thing is, is, is conversion. And so the, uh, they create this really dramatic moment where um, people stand up and walk to the front of the room, and it's just, like, so exciting. And they do it, like, in my church, they would, like, do it every week. And it's the moment when you ask Jesus to, be, to enter your heart or to cover up your sins. Or there's different ways of explaining it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, so I, my preaching was, was about, like, conversion. And uh, I lost. I don't know. I wasn't, like, I wasn't that good at it. I kind of gave up. How yeah. old were you? You're, like, uh, 15, 16. And who are you preaching to in a preaching competition? Just a bunch of other preachers. Other, okay. other it's not like youth like preachers. It's, yeah. not like, it's, like crack, it's not like actually put you out in front of a live audience and I did do like, that and it was sad it's a sadder story I almost don't want to talk about it that almost is it really but <laughs> <laughs> so what, what do you, can you tell us like briefly what that entailed like, okay I'll you... tell you how I lost my faith it's actually kind of a funny story oh, you okay. want to, uh, 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 but it's fucked up so get ready I guess um <laughs> So when I was 16, my, my church sent teenage missionaries to, the, to Lethbridge, Alberta. And I, this is, we were going back to Canada from West Virginia. From West Virginia yeah. We were going to a, a First Nations uh, um, blood reserve in, in near Lethbridge. And so that's what's fucked up about it. I was a missionary to, to uh, Aboriginal people in Canada, wow. which is like really embarrassing and terrible um, thing that happened. But fortunately, they saved my life because I was supposed to give the gospel to the kids that were there. In order to give the gospel, you have to start with the um, Adam and Eve story mm-hmm. because that's how you establish original sin because you have to feel like you deserve to go to hell in order to feel like it's a problem, you know? Like, so, um, so you have to establish, and somehow that story like, establishes that fact, right? So I was telling the kids about the, about the Garden of Good and Evil, and, they, and one of the kids was like, uh, well, why? So there's a tree of a knowledge of good and evil, and if you eat the fruit, then you know good and evil, and then you kicked out of the garden, and you go, you know. And so, and the kid, this guy was like, uh, why did God put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden in the first place? You know, like it's like this really good question, you know, like really like like why did why even create the you know like opportunity, you know. And, I, and in that moment, I realized that I had never asked a question. Like, I'd never been an intelligent person about it. You never like, asked, like, any question. I didn't know how to do that. Like, like just the, the mental thing of being like, I don't get it. Like, awesome. I didn't know how to do that. And so, like, in that moment, I was like, fuck, I don't know. Like, uh, and, and it totally blew the shit out of my mind so much. That's awesome that it wasn't even, I mean, it's a good question, but it's awesome that it wasn't yeah. even the force of that particular no. question. It was just the idea that, like, no one, you had never seen anyone ask 
any question about yeah, any of this. Totally. And you're like, oh, you could ask a question. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. And it like, well, I would say, I would say that it like crumbled in a sense because like I like, I I kind of broke down and like I was really upset and I was like I lost my faith in that moment. But then, uh, then. Um, you know, so I, start, I, I lost that form of faith, but I, I, I continue to be a religious seeker for, for good or ill. I, I, you know, I still got a, a real uh, longing or something, you know, off and on. But, yeah. 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 All right. I, you know, I want to know, when you talk about the, this happening in secret, and I'm curious, like, um, why? Like, was it, like, was it in that... Because if you're in this really Christian environment, is that not, not a thing that happens? Like, cause not, I know so little about this, but I would imagine yeah. you could actually go to a priest and be like, I'm possessed by demons, and they'd be like, oh, that's a serious problem. We can help you with that or whatever. But is that, is that, or my, is that like a, just a weird idea that I have? Yeah. Yeah. I was a little focused on sex as like the big problem at that time. You know, like, I don't know if that makes sense, but that was like uh, the big enemy. When I was a teenager, uh, was like sex. I don't know. Uh, I, I never told anybody about demons, you know, uh, at that time. So none of the people from that world got a chance to fix my demon thing. And then later, I did talk to some people about it uh, and look and kind of feel around for help a little bit. But I, I, I didn't follow through. Yeah, I, I guess I, I guess I'm curious. I still don't understand exactly why, and I'm curious because it seems like a, or I just want to get a better sense of that or whatever. Like of so what? Like, well, of what? Of like the secretness of that, I guess, or of what that... Why I come to the secret? Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm trying to understand the secretness better and maybe why isn't the right question, but it's kind of maybe... Oh, because I think the thing was that I... My fear was that I was somehow polluted or something. Right. right? And so I think maybe I didn't really want to share that. Like shameful or something? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I felt like maybe there's something critically wrong. And I don't know. I just uh, didn't know how to... Didn't seem to uh, talk to. I mean, I called my like. I, I really did call my dad. Yeah, so that's what I was like. Yeah, like, I guess what I was trying to get. Like, like, how did your dad react? Like, I'm trying to get a sense of like what what how the world around you responded to that. So like, what did your dad say when you? I, I don't think he had anything good to say. I don't know. He didn't. He wasn't did he helpful. Just, like, he yeah. just, did he just think you were crazy? Was he like your therapist? Was he like, oh well, that's just not true? Or was he like? Uh, some people are possessed by demons, but I can't help you. Or was he like? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what? Yeah, maybe he was like, maybe maybe I was weird in different ways, and he was kind of just like, well, this will pass or something. I don't know. Right, like, just like another thing. Like maybe, Or he yeah. thought you were on drugs or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Were, okay. mm. Did you tell anyone else around that time? Yeah, the, just like, no, not, like I tried, yeah, a few different times, yeah. Right. Um, but nothing, nothing came of it. And then how did you get from that to this point where like now you're like talking to a room full of people about it? So obviously there's some, this isn't like the first time you've been public about it, I assume, or I don't know if it is, or if you've been... Uh, it's a little bit of a leap for me, yeah. I mean, I like it's because it's a little hard to like because I really did like have a full like the way you believe that you're wearing a suit right now. Like yeah. I believe that I yeah. had this demon thing, you know. Like it was a full conviction. So uh, that's just I guess I've kind of dropped it here and there, but I haven't really told the story uh, in the way that I have tonight. I guess. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Anything else? You're presumably Thanks. applauding the fact that you are telling it tonight, oh, okay, not yeah. the fact that you've kept it inside <laughs> until now. I'm, I'm, I am here to interpret your applause. <laughs> uh, yeah, all right, over there. So how did this fly with uh, any romantic relationships that you've had? How did this affect roman- your romantic relationships? Oh, uh, shit. I mean, 
I think there's, I, I don't know what to say. I'm sorry, I don't know. I, don't know what the, I think maybe I had suspicions or something, maybe, or I felt, I'm not sure how much it related. I don't know. I think I, I, I had a, a very magical belief system sometimes, and I would, you know, maybe sometimes, like, think that romantic relationships were playing out on a cosmic scale. I think some, I have... You know, wanted I, I have wanted uh, at times wanted my to be good with God somehow and and worried that I don't I don't I, I'm this is making me really stumble a lot talking about this, sure. um, but but that's I'm, what we're I'm here cool for now no, by the way like it's fine like are you are you cool now? how are you with, like how like, what, what's the state of you now with a demon with a demon thing like are you like do you Do you feel like the demon thing is like licked, or do you think it's going to come back, or are you not sure, or are you like? I, I feel good about it. Yeah, I feel like I, I I don't really believe anymore. Like that's kind of the point. Like you know, like I think like it's I think I really think that I I was kind of duped into thinking like thinking that that way, and I and I and I I, uh, I don't really think demons are real. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I, it'd be kind of cooler <laughs> if they were, but I, I don't actually think so. Okay. Oh yeah. Yes, you, ma'am. Yes. Is there anything lost from not having that magical thinking? From not, I think, um, yeah. So there's a certain quality of feeling. I think like uh, there's a certain like I wish I knew like how to like meet God, for example. You know, like uh, um, or have a kind of you know God infused moment of recognition with there's other people or something. You know, like uh, so. It's hard to have that when you don't believe in it, you know, but it's amazing, too. So, yeah. All right, let's, let's wrap it up there. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Mann, ladies and gentlemen. Trampling Hall was created in Toronto in the 21st century by Sheila Hetty and is hosted by me. This episode's lecture was chosen by Angela Shackle and Braden Labonte. The podcast is produced by Josh Block. Our theme music was composed by Matt Smith. Trampling Hall is a sumo audio podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can really help us out by leaving a rating or review on iTunes. It helps us a lot, so we really appreciate it if you can do that. I'm Misha Globerman. Thanks so much for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.